9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. In what might be a first for the Go Plug Yourself podcast, I think we have our first father and son duo on the show. Uh, Jim and Austin Beauchamp uh, from Cunningham's that you might know in the West Island and the, uh, the show jingle uh, that we talk about at the beginning of the show, uh, join Chris and I to talk about what it's like owning and running and uh, being part of a family who runs a restaurant in the time of uh, COVID-19, uh, especially now that we're back in the lockdown and we're currently in the red zone. Uh, Jim and Austin talk a little bit about uh, sort of how they've managed to succeed and uh, I guess more importantly, they talk about how maybe you as a consumer needs to support uh, the local businesses around uh, that you want to have uh, access to after all of this is said and done we want if you want to support a business that is like around the corner in your neighborhood in your town in your city whatever and you still want it to be there when all of this is over uh, yeah support it so that they can uh, they can stay and thrive because uh, it's not that easy out there um, listen now enjoy the show uh, Jim and Austin were both uh, both great thanks to them both for doing this and uh, everyone can just keep on plugging themselves themselves plugging themselves that's how it that makes sense go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself it's time for another go plug yourself podcast you're recording Okay, good intro, Keith. Yeah, that's how I What's do it. What's going on? How's it going, guys? Uh, I found out, uh, Chris, when you were like, oh, we're having the guys from uh, from Cunningham's on, and now their jingle has been in my head for like <laughs> the 48 hours leading up to this. It's just like, oh, good food, good fun. And then the like the, the soft-spoken Irish guy's like, Cunningham's. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that, that's that been, you, have you a, guys, you guys paid that. Did you get paid like the, the Justin Timberlake? Cause he wrote the butt up, 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 uh, right. Like yeah. I was like, whoever wrote that jingle for you. It was hey. Jeff Smallwood. Wasn't it Jim? Hey, you know, he's a good buddy of mine, Jeff Smallwood. So he did it. He did it. about. Oh, he did. Yeah, he oh, did wow. <laughs> he talks Irish and he sings Irish and he does the whole thing. He invented it. And, uh, you know, we haven't ran that. This is funny. We haven't ran that on Shomar and stations in about four years, okay? Yeah. And people still remember the jingle. That's how that's how catchy it was. It's an earworm. It's like yeah. it's uh, it's one hundred percent an earworm. Like you you get that jingle, and and it's not like a, it's not a it's not an annoying one. <laughs> like yeah. I will tell you, like the foot long five dollars subway song. That's an earworm, <laughs> and it's the worst one possible. <laughs> Like that, that's just like, I want to kill myself when I hear that foot long $5 song. Yours, I'm like, oh, I just want to sit by a fire and drink a Guinness. There we go. <laughs> so West Island staple. Beautiful. Thanks. Uh, so today, uh, Keith, we have uh, a father and son dream team, if you will. Uh, the I like to call Jim the unofficial governor general of the West Island. Oh. Uh, he's never he's never heard that before. I've never called him that uh, nope. to his face, but to <laughs> me, he's the most important person in the West Island. <laughs> um, he's like the Don. Like if you cross over, if you pass the IKEA, you're in Beauchamp ground, <laughs> and everything west up until Pancor is pretty much Beauchamp. Wow. We don't talk about we, we we don't talk about Hudson anymore. Um, <laughs> but. Um, Jim, first of all, 
um, before we get into the other stuff, uh, your Patriots, both you and Austin are both Patriots fans. Yeah. Um, how's that going? Welcome to <laughs> the rest of the NFL. You know what? I'm a, I'm a hard and fast Tom Brady fan and Bill Belichick fan. So to see Brady doing well in Tampa Bay and happy, to see uh, Bill not doing too good in the end of New England, I'm not too happy. But listen, they were a great team. No one could say anything about them, right? Anything bad about them. No. It's also been an incredible 20-year run for the fans of that oh, team yeah. where – where it's now it's time it's no one's feeling sorry for you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i was like that that's like people that like I'm, I'm a bigger hockey fan than a football fan but it's just like like most of like the like hockey dynasties last like four or five years usually yeah. you yeah. know but it's like a football dynasty like the patriots like literally lasting since like the late 90s they've always like been a like top tier contender for the last 20 years is like completely unheard of to me as a hockey fan that you're like a team can just be even Always. football, though, it's never really happened in football. The Cowboys, like, what, yeah, the eight, eight years in the 90s? The Niners, the Cowboys, you know, the yeah. you know, Patriots are now first time in 21 years or three right now, I think, or two and four right now, or two and three. First time in 21 Two and four. Years. Yeah, that's crazy. It's incredible. Um, and you guys coach, you guys both coach football, which I assume was uh, deviated from because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you guys start your seasons? Yeah, we started. We, uh, we only had about maybe a month and a half of practice compared to what we would usually have is six months, five to six months. So we had a small amount of time to uh, to practice. But we got in, I think it was four games, and then the government shut us down. So, I mean, the kids were happy that at least they got to play. And uh, and, and we had a good run. We were three and one. And, uh, you know, it sucks that it ended, but at least we got to start and, and play a few games. Pretty much just declare yourselves champions at that point. Like, yeah, I feel, I'll take like, it. You're just a <laughs> <laughs> banner. <laughs> I actually passed the banner off to Austin and Nolan. Like, my two boys are coaching now. I could be prouder. Like, uh, I've been coaching two years. I coached 28, 19 years. And, uh, you know, coaching the boys when they're growing up. But I'm so happy to see these guys coaching. And a lot of my ex-players coaching with them. The eight or nine ex-players that we coached all the way up. And now they're coaching now. Fantastic to see. My favorite... Uh, Jim Beauchamp football uh, story is that I have a friend who lives in Vaudreuil and in the younger days you do some sleepovers and on a Saturday morning you wake up at 8 o'clock and you just hear Jim Beauchamp yelling on a megaphone <laughs> I said, is that fucking Jim Beauchamp? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> and, and and that again just proves the power of, of, of Jimmy B um <laughs> Do you miss coaching at all? I do, man. I really miss it. You know, like the last year I coached, it was 19 years. It was time to move on. You know what I mean? It's time that the young guys come up. These guys know uh, learning more of the new stuff, the new ways of playing football. Uh, it's a totally, completely different game. Like Austin, Austin could uh, on to speak on that because it's the hitting's different, the uh, mentality's different, which is great. I'm all for it. But like old guys like me, we just got to no one to step aside. You know, like like an old quarterback, just fade away type of thing. That's another thing that, again, I'm a fan fan of the NHL, and that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I just feel like old coaches just stick around for eternity in the (laughs) NHL. (laughs) Lou Lou Lamorello is actually 167. I believe it. (laughs) It's crazy. Good good moisturizing plan. Scotty Bowman still runs runs the show down in Chicago. Hey, uh, Jim has has a bit. Jim Jim knows some Scotty Bowman stories. (laughs) Stories. (laughs) 
Have I, did, I, uh, did, he, did he frequent at the, any of your establishments? Is no, that? Uh... I actually never knew Scotty. Do some other. He's a uh, he's an icon in my eyes. You know what I mean? If anybody, look, I knew any stories about him. I wouldn't tell him anyways. <laughs> <laughs> there was an Irish breakfast one year where Sky, Scotty Bowman was a keynote speaker, and uh, let's just say a lot of people got to bed early that day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Long-winded, you know. It's it's very a lot of words in a in a short amount of time. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the 400 beers you drank from eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. That's the that's the one fuck. See, that's something I want to bring you guys on about. This whole thing started back in March, and you guys lost St. Patty's Day. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did a halfway to St. Patty's Day on September 17th. Obviously, COVID style, you know what I mean. But we had all that stuff that Guinness gave us to give away, in, you know, in March, and we had it all there. So let's do a halfway St. Patty's Day. We said, and it was good. You know, people came in. We did delivery stuff like that, but just, you know, not near the same. You know, Irish no. pubs. You do in one weekend. You do like three months in one weekend, basically one week. You know, so when they shut us down on Monday, March, it was the, it was the the 17th, the 16th or the 17th. I'm mistaken. They shut Monday or Tuesday. You know, you've ordered, I've ordered my extra 40 cakes. I've ordered my extra hat, my wings, my meat. Everything's been ordered for St. Patty's Day. And then boom. So not only do we lose all that, lots of cakes get back, but all the food in the fridge and freezer. No food guys taking that back, you know? So that was, yeah. that was. That's trash. And there's only, so there's only so much you could do in terms of trying to sell that off in terms of like to a local butcher or. A lot, like, even to residential people, like, you can't really do that, right? Not with oh, that type of produce. Takeout. Thank God for our, our customers. Our you know, Cunningham's people were fantastic. They supported us like crazy for three months. Like, I, I get goosebumps, boys. When I hey, Austin, you were there. Austin was there delivering, uh, helping out, uh, doing everything. Nolan, my others, and my family. The, the people in Pancor, Kirkland, all that area, from all that area around, were just supporting Cunningham's like crazy for the three months we were closed. So, thank everybody for that. It was it's. It that's great. That's good. I was going to say also, I was like, I feel not not to say that you had it easier by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, I was like someplace like the West Island that isn't necessarily packed with restaurants like your your clients are maybe going to be a little more loyal in terms of like the takeout and delivery service. Like because uh, your your service, you're, there's not a ton. I mean, there's a there's still a bunch of restaurants in the West Island. Don't get me wrong. But Plus or less now. I mean, fair enough. But that's it. But and when, especially when you start thinking about takeout places, when uh, do you guys normally do delivery, or is that like was it just a COVID thing, or we're starting that up with Uber Eats actually about uh, three weeks before, about a month okay. before. We, so that we're starting to do that get on, but yeah. then you know, hundred hundred miles an hour as soon as that door closed, right? We just went yeah. to Uber, DoorDash. We got an app created. We have an online presence now, so we have you know two delivery drivers going now. You know, but you know, one thing I got to say about small mom and pops and small restaurants in the West Island. Is that if you're involved in your community, your community, if you support your community and you you give back to your community, I've learned that the community is going to give back to you, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Like uh, like I said, just coaching football. Uh, how many how many families football families ordered from us in the three yeah. months? Yeah, I'll raise a lot. And that's yeah, exactly. That that and that and but that's that was kind of like the point is a lot of a lot of places started delivery even though they they maybe didn't do delivery beforehand and and it was like I think at least as an opportunity as a consumer to support the places that you you want to have around when this is when this is all over being like hey right. I want Cunningham's to still be there right uh, in 2021 so I'm gonna start ordering food from there and not you know a McDonald's or whatever the hell <laughs> like not yeah. no. No guff to McDonald's, but I'd rather, much rather support like a family business, and spe especially with food that 
normally I wouldn't be able to get delivered to me. You know, right. like there, there you kind of like felt like my wife and I did it. We found ways to sort of like your date nights are now staying home, yeah. <laughs> you know, so ordering from your favorite restaurant that normally doesn't deliver, you can make it a little more special for your date night, you know, so. Yeah. And, and you're doing, so you guys are doing some fun things with the menu. I mean, I follow you guys on social media uh, with the, that date night ideas on the weekends and I'm like with the, you know, you get a bottle of wine with it. Yeah. Which is only like I think I saw five bucks more than what it is in SAQ, right? Yeah. Which is a killer deal. Um, yeah. Considering but, SAQ takes like two weeks to deliver anything, like uh... <laughs> well, you know like legally, guys, legally, it just it just came up last Friday from the Regie that first of all we weren't allowed to deliver alcohol, okay, through Uber or DoorDash. Now the red, now the Quebec government's coming up with this law, okay, you're allowed to deliver now. Yeah. And the thing that came up with last Friday was, okay, you're allowed to re- deliver your alcohol at a reduced price than what you sell in the restaurant. So when we were selling a you know, wine at, you know, 100%, let's say 20, uh, 25 bucks, we would have to sell it on delivery at $25. Now, why are you going to buy a $25 bottle of wine when you go to SAQ for, you know, for nine bucks, 10 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But now new law, which hasn't been ratified yet. So everybody's kind of in the gray area still that you can, that you can sell your liquor lower than what you sell in the restaurant so what we're doing now is like cunningham's is the wine is it's saq plus five yeah. so you're at home you're stuck at home you don't feel like in the car but you could have a great meal you know have a great meal and then grab a bottle of wine for five bucks more you know so, yeah. or cans of beer we have cans of beer for for the big king cans for four bucks so it, we just gotta we gotta think outside the box man like yeah. it's well you guys know the the pumpkin we're giving away now too i'm not here about that i saw that too yeah, yeah free pumpkin or you get a free pumpkin that's you know that's kind of cool. Like instead of going out to get a pumpkin, you buy some wings, get a freaking free pumpkin. <laughs> and, the Ita- and the Italians love that because they're going to make copious amounts of gnocchi with that free pumpkin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we already did. Great. We did our pumpkin, our whole pumpkin. We might get a second one soon. But yeah, we do the pie and gnocchi yeah. and sauce. And Keith's wondering if you deliver to St. Henry because he wants to push <laughs> a little, little far. I was going to say one of the craziest things about the uh, the liquor the delivery situation. In, there was a place around here. I want to say it was Milky Way. Milky Way in uh, in Point St. Charles. They delivered um, like Virgin, or I think I don't think it, I don't think they delivered, but they, you could still you could get from their takeout Virgin cocktails, and they would just tell you to add the liquor because yeah. they were like, a, but they're like a fancy cocktail bar, right? Like, so you're not just talking like rum and coke. <laughs> they're not just giving you a cup of coke, but like stuff that's like more complicated than you could make at home. It was kind of yeah. nice you could buy at a reduced price. They're like, yeah, we're just selling the ingredients. You get throw your own rum in there. <laughs> like, you can yeah, pretty smart outside the box, man. I think it's yeah. smart. Yeah, so you could get all their signature cocktails, just, you know, virgin versions of them. And they're like, and then they tell you, add this much of this booze if, to make it the way it was, you know? So, well, we still uh, too, right? Uh, Chris, I'm not sure if you know, like, um, people really like our wing sauces. So I decided to go bottle our wing sauces now. So we have our mild sauce, our ranch sauce, our, our honey garlic sauce, all available to sell in large, larger quantities so people could have stuff at home. So is at Quinn's Farm. We're big. We're doing a lot of work with Quinn's Farm. So our sauces are on sale there too. So, again, uh, you know, 35 years of being a restaurant guy, nothing prepared me for this. So <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Because Austin, what's it like for you as you've watched your dad? You've grown up. You want you've. I know you're working during the day with other stuff and you have other things going on, but like you watch your dad and run his business a certain way for a certain amount of time. And this worldwide pandemic hits and you like how, how much did you learn just from watching your dad adapt to that so quickly? Cause honestly, Cunningham's was, I think better than every, anybody else in the West Island in terms of getting ahead of the game, 
like in April, you already had a plan for the delivery stuff. You already yeah. you were you were out in front of it. I feel more so yeah. than other establishments. As a, as a father, as a, as a son watching his father, how, how much did you learn just from your dad, like adapting so quickly to the to the environment around him? Honestly, uh, from the start, that's when I kind of figured out how serious it was. You know, it's everyone and the whole family coming together, and the whole staff and all the owners coming together, and kind of have a to pivot 100% right away. You know, so uh, that's when like me and my brother, my mom, we jumped in, we helped out with deliveries. We were there every night helping out. It's just uh, as a son and, uh, you know, my, my dad works hard. So we all just have to be there and, and help out and, and just keep pushing to uh, get by it. You know, it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, you guys are community based, like you said, Jim, community based establishment. You do so much. Does it make no, no matter how all the bullshit you're dealing with right now, does it make you feel better though? A bit? Is it something to hang your hat on that the community has your back in that way? That you, there was no guarantee you had that support, right? You, you you assumed it, but you never had that guarantee. And now to see it six months later, through all the stuff that we're going through as a as a whole, that the community still has your back that way. Does it does it give you a sense of pride of that you've really built something special? Yeah, it's outrageous. It really like I talk to the kids sometimes. Like I, I get tears in my eyes. I'm thinking how scared I'm now. Like thinking about, you know, fam- some families I know cannot afford to order Cunninghams. I know that. I know the families. I know. Oh, some people cannot afford to order Cunninghams, and they do. They order once a month, and that'll be their thing. And it, it, it brings free. People calling me uh, tonight. A buddy of mine out in uh, Hudson Saint Lazare. He goes, hey, I want to support. You. I made arrangements to get him out the food, and he ordered a whack load of food. Like just. Old you know, football kids I coached, like I said, 16, 17 years ago, have families of their own now calling me up and calling up the restaurant supporting it. It's, it's, you, never, you never want to expect it, and you, never, you, know, you don't think you ever deserve it, but when you get it, it it's overwhelming. It really is. The support is overwhelming. One of the things that, sorry, that Chris was saying was uh, that you guys sort of like jumped on it and, like, and tried to like adapt as quickly as possible. Like I was like, what was – I mean, I – I, like my wife and I, we 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 were kind of like split. Like she was like, it was, and it was it was very funny. Not not necessarily in restaurant, but it was like a similar thing about myself. I was I worked from home for a week, and I was like, I I was like, this is going to be months. I'm ordering a new computer chair. I'm getting a new screen. I'm settling in for the long haul. She was like, I'm going to work at the kitchen table. I don't think it's going to be that long. And that like, and it's like only now, like six months later, she's like, I'm going to buy myself a real computer chair. Like, cause she was like holding out, like hoping for well, the, Keith, the miracle Keith. of like, everything is going to go back to normal. And I feel that I, I'm sure a lot of businesses probably did the same of being like, it's not going to be that bad. Like depending on, which take you were listening to people were saying oh it's going to be done by june or it's going to be done by whatever but like what made you guys be like you know what it's i mean obviously whatever you guys were doing or or still are doing to maintain the business is like is necessary until further notice but like at what point were you like let's just go all in and not sort of sit and wait like was it something that prompted you or were you just like let's just go oh it's right away like you have to be instantaneous you know (laughs) Being a restaurateur is not something I want my kids to do. And thank God they're not doing it. They're helping us out. You know what I mean? Helping us <laughs> out and doing it. I want them to do other stuff, right? Because it's, you know, it's a hell of a lot of work for a very small amount of profit. So the minute something happened, you had to get going, gear up right away. Oh, there was no, there was no waiting and thinking because the restaurants who waited that month and closed down for a month who and then started up after, they were just way behind the curve. No, they weren't ready. Uber wasn't ready. They were just advertising. You know, it had to be right away, instantaneous. Now, that being said, 
when we opened up for three months, it was, you know, we took a certain time getting back after the three months or two months before open and getting our clients back. It was getting better. It really was mm-hmm. getting better to numbers like we were, but at a very serious cost. Our, yeah. our, our PPE, like our, our, we have dividers everywhere in the restaurant, plastic dividers, screens, spraying every morning and every night, the whole restaurant from top to bottom. The minute somebody leaves the restaurant, you know, it's like an F1 crew would hit the table mm. and you're going to wipe off the top. We had very strict, stringent things in, in line, you know, to keep things going. You know, sign in. I had to create a new a new app for sign in for people to come in when they knew where they were. There's so much extra cost that these restaurants went and did, me, me included. And then, bang, they just take it away again. You know, yeah, I, and, and you're operating even even with all those. So you have all this extra cost on measures and you, there's no way you can operate at capacity. Right. Like right. On, on top of that, like you're not using your square footage the way you would otherwise use it. Exactly. Exactly. We've, we've talked on this show, Keith and I, with other guests about the comedy desk and seeing when comedy came back and the, the, the steps the club had to take for us to come back. And it was a similar vein, you know, obviously the reduced capacity, but then the equipment. Uh, just getting one of those thermometers to check the temperature it was, is not a cheap object to get. Uh, the PPE, the san- hand sanitizer, the protocols to put in place. And then to, not to be dramatic, but to have it taken away like that. Yeah. Is it, there was a sense of hopeless, helplessness, I feel, from all of us. It's like this, look, what are we, what are we going to do now? Like, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be in terms of restaurants and in my, in our, in my industry back anytime soon. No. I was on the global interview me this morning, and I was just saying to guys that we don't understand. I don't know if the, I don't know if the public or the government understands what this means to close down another month now. Because we go to November, which is okay. Now, if they say the month of December, there's, you're going to see 60% of restaurants go bankrupt. Because if it's for the January, February, you might as well close anyways. It's dead in restaurants. It's slow. People are, you know, relatively, it's always slow. So there's no way... Unless there's huge bailouts, huge bailouts, 60% of restaurants will close minimum. Now, people will say, listen, well, there's 60% of restaurants that close, they close. They weren't good enough businesses anyways. Do you realize how many people will be out of work? Have low-income people, low-income wage people being out of work. Not people that have you know, a couple hundred thousand in the bank they could survive a couple months. Or not people that are getting pensions. Not people that are working for Air Canada and these big companies who are getting paid to stay home and working. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy for those people. I'm not jealous or sad, but they got to realize that if 60% of restaurants close, the amount of people is going to be stupendous. And then what's going to happen? It's like, spoil, spoiler alert, uh, like not to not to disparage busboys, but busboys aren't sitting on like uh, retirement savings. <laughs> you oh, know? Like, like, or waiters, neither. I'm telling you, it's yeah. it's um, it's got to be thought about hard and fast, boys. I got to say, if they decide, you know, if, if in December they say no December, well, you're yeah, they were saying um, a lot of reading. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's the same for you guys, but especially like thinking about some of the downtown restaurants and stuff. They were saying that uh, just because all the offices are closed and now they're closed, but even yeah. even before the um, uh, before like the October shutdown, they were saying, well, all the offices are closed, so there's yeah. no office parties. And if you're like a downtown restaurant, office parties for December and November make up like a massive portion of your income for the whole year, right? Like all of a sudden you're sitting down with the, uh, with 20, 30 people in a corporate credit card ordering a huge amount of food. You're like, yeah, that, that gets r- real. That adds up real fast in two months of having those yeah. nights every night. And the, the downtown places, like I said, even before being told they had to shut down, 
they were saying we're not going to do those numbers because nobody's in those offices anymore. Nobody's there. That's right. Yeah. So now now they're shut down on top of it. And yeah, and I mean, even I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you guys know a little bit more about this because wasn't there um, when this when October when the when the red zone shutdown started? Uh, I read an article very briefly about like how Valerie Plant even said that she was not super down with the restaurant thing because of the contact tracing not indicating that it was restaurants that she was worried about the Montreal economy and it was straight up the province that shut everything down like and, and it wasn't necessarily saying oh the province got it wrong I think she wasn't going to make like a political statement that's <laughs> that like that kind of aggressive but like she certainly seemed to be insinuating being like the contact tracing isn't saying it's coming from bars and restaurants these businesses are not really where we're looking at and even a couple other people that i know that own bars and stuff is they're like you tell people you can't drink at a bar they're just gonna go into their houses and drink at least if we're at a bar uh, there's a bartender saying hey stay six feet apart and don't share cigarettes you know like like as opposed to at your home there's no one telling you what to do so nobody's even remotely enforcing the guidelines you know like so there is a very weird thing to me that saying up restaurants and bars even though they were operating safely, you need to close down because I was like, and again, I'm not a specialist of any kind, but like my gut says, I was like, people are getting together at home where it's probably a lot. I don't have plastic dividers up in my house. You know, I'm not wiping every surface down in my house. I'm not forcing everybody to wear PPE when they go to the bathroom to in my house, you know? And I was like, my house will become a way more dangerous transmission point than a restaurant real quick with just a couple people over. Plus, in your house, you're in a closed space for a long period of time, whereas yeah. a restaurant, there's turnover, right? There's constant turnover. In the summer, we had the terraces. My my yeah. thing on to something that Jim said about the restaurant industry, I just looked it up. Montreal Gazette said in, in April, 175,000 people work in the restaurant industry in Quebec. Mm-hmm. If you take 60% of that away, that's 105,000 people that are going to be at work. That's Beyond not, that... That's not an unachievable number. I'm telling you, that's a very... Yeah. Well, it seems very real. Yeah. Well, they 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 um they had a there was a fundraiser uh, in the states a couple weeks ago called the called Save Our Stages and it was specifically for small venues and they're they're very much in the same boat right and and but apparently even less or or even harder off because a lot of the um, the arts uh, like tax write offs and stuff like that that we have in Canada surprisingly don't exist in the states like this quite the same the same way who would have thought and they're also not equally disposed in in, in Canada either but that's another story yeah, for yeah exactly show. but apparently a lot of them don't even exist and like there's even certain even just certain like tax uh like exemption stuff that I know that certain like concert halls and stuff have here in Canada don't exist in a lot of the states and they were saying that they're like it's a full a full 90% of venues are like in financial trouble right now because they don't even have most of them don't even have food licenses and stuff so they can't even go to a like deliver like delivery or takeout thing they're like no we're yeah. just a we're a concert venue like they you know, know they're put another even a worse scenario guys just think of this imagine if they say okay you're not allowed you're allowed to open in december again okay mm-hmm. what does that mean that means the government stops all subsidies to restaurants right so i say okay you're allowed to open in december you're allowed to have three weeks of not going to be like you said no christmas parties no yeah. nothing but that take away your subsidies that they're giving you, the rent subsidies, the staff subsidies. Yeah. And then January, February, governments will say, I'll stay open because they don't have to give you any subsidies then. So Meanwhile, they're the worst months of the year to own a restaurant. Well, <laughs> so either way, it's kind of a lost loss, right? So, yeah. you know, I don't want to be Mr. Naysayer and Mr. Like, uh, <laughs> you know. It's like telling it, an alcoholic he could only drink in January and February. 
But what yeah. about the fun months? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fun alcoholics. I'm joking. <laughs> um, do you guys see there's a worry? Uh, there's a chef I follow in the States, like a restaurateur, David Chang. And he's been sounding the alarm since March that the future is just big restaurant chains. And if we don't do something in the States or in Canada to save our independent small mom and pop restaurants, that all you'll have is subways. All you'll have. Yeah, it's like 60% problems. of PF Chang's could close and PF Chang's is still up running at a profit or whatever down in the States, you know, like as someone, as someone in the business, do you guys, are you guys worried about that? Do you guys think that's like a realistic, like direction that we're heading that we're all going to be, like Stallone and Demolition Man just eating Taco Bell. Awesome. Honestly, if, uh, it, it is a thought, you know, but if, if, if our local community and people keep supporting us, which I really hope they do and we're so thankful for, then hopefully we could keep raising awareness and, and, and keep us open, you know, and, and keep all the small mom and pop people open. You know, I saw something on Facebook the other day. It's buy local or buy buy local, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's we just got to keep keep it alive and uh, just keep moving forward. And hopefully it won't come to that point because you're going to see local football teams not getting the sponsoring and the funding that they need. You're going to see hockey teams. You're going to see uh, fundraisers, school fundraisers not being supported by local businesses, which mm-hmm. all around is just going to be a negative effect for everybody. Well, that's the, the restaurant business for us. Um, as comedians, Jim knows how many shows have we done at Cunningham's over yeah. the years. How many, you know, and, and uh, Keith knows this too. But how many shows, how many venues do we rely on every every year to put shows on, whether it's comedy or music? That not that not just affecting the restaurant industry, which is obviously devastating, but it's also going to affect the arts. It's going to affect yeah. uh, it's going to affect independent uh, musicians, uh, comedians, entertainers. Uh, wiping all these spaces out, like yeah. if you look at downtown, like we've already lost a number of venues, yeah. whether it's restaurants, whether it's uh, stages, and it doesn't seem like it's like downtown to me seems like it's going to take the longest to recover from this because yeah. they lost Patty's weekend, they lost a playoff run for the Habs, they lost the last Grand, Grand Prix. Prix weekend, they lost. The they lost jazz, jazz fest. fest. They lost the giant yeah. for last festival. They lost the movie festivals. That's big money. Like that's big sources of revenue. Where I don't know. Like you said, Jim, sixty percent. It could be closer to eighty percent, especially if you look at the core of the city, which well, is very cool. scary. Look how many students are not in town. Just look how many universities are not there. Like you know, the, the Montreal is supported in the winter by a lot of university students. You know, they're yeah, not yeah. there. Uh, you know. You don't want to be a naysayer all the time. You want it to be positive. We want to get rid of this virus. We all know that. We, mm-hmm. No one is, no one I think is stupid enough to say this is, you know, this is fake. I think we all know it's a real virus. It's affected our families in different ways, right? Everybody. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get rid of it, but we do have to balance somehow some, some sort of, some sort of, uh, and again, I don't want to sound like the idiot in the States, but you don't want to, you have to balance the economy somehow with this, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I would love a, a, a cure to come out tomorrow. Like, you know, I, Pray to God I get a cure come out tomorrow, but it, you know it's not going to come out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not, and it's you know it's funny you mentioned that the CFL is going through that right now mm-hmm. when they're for, they cancel the season, which is unprecedented, and they're looking at next season um, at this rate, 
fans aren't going to be allowed back at any stands anytime soon. It's yeah. the same problem, and the CFL could just be wiped away from all this. Yeah. Which people listening like that's the fucking CFL, but like it's a Canadian <laughs> institution that also reflects the bigger problem where mm-hmm. we're just wiping out certain yeah. swaths of business, whether it's food and resto, entertainment, yeah. sports. Yeah. Well, imagine Chris. If you didn't have open mics, imagine you coming up as a comedian when you didn't have open mics. Imagine a musician, guitarist, a Steve Ray Vaughan who wasn't allowed to play in those bars on those mm-hmm. open mic nights. We're, we're going to lose, and you're right. You're going to lose the next great comedian coming up. You're going to lose the next great guitarist. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, they, they, even, they even said it, like, uh, and that was, like I said, the, the, the thing that I was reading about in Montreal specifically, is they were like, Montreal as this destination of, like, Festival City and, like, all of this music that comes out of here and all of this and that, and you're like, the core of it even even the festivals like JFL, like how many? Yeah, there's the galas there at um, at, uh, at Plastics yeah. Art, but how many of the other shows happening at JFL are in these small venues, right? Like you, all yeah. of the small venues all around town end up becoming stages at JFL. If those are gone, like a lot of the like heart blood of the city is, I guess, like and the city's identity as like a destination city for the nightlife and this and that. Uh, the nightlife isn't the Bell Center, you know? Like like that's not. No. <laughs> like, like, and you know. One of Jim's uh, good friends, the late Randy Teeman, used to always say about Montreal, we're not a sports town, we're not a comedy town, we're not a music town, we're an event city. Um, Montreal reacts to an event, whether it's David Beckham playing at the Big O, whether it's... um, Whether it's, you know, U2 coming in for one night only, or whether it's, like... You know, Gordon Ramsay opening up a chicken shop that nobody cares about. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's no events, that trickle down like economically is is fucking killer. It kill it kills so many. I'm I'm glad Fairview's still open, but like the rest of us, like we have no fucking where to turn to. And it's just it's it's I don't see an I don't see an end game. I don't see an end game here. I don't know if Austin, you do. Because you, you worked in shipping and stuff. How's that? Has that been affected too in, in terms of? Honestly, like the uh, the first quarantine kind of affected everybody worldwide, you know. But that the, the second wave, the, the second lockdown now is kind of uh, increasing freight. But everywhere else is hurting, you know. Like uh, mm. closing small restaurants like this also applies, uh, applies to the supply chain, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything trickles down and, and it, it affects every stage. So it, it definitely does affect everybody, and it does affect transport, but luckily things are still moving. Oh, thank God. That's why you're looking great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. The, uh, the audience can't hear this, but Austin does look great. <laughs> <laughs> so total, total, total change of direction, just something that yes. I've been thinking about uh, since the beginning of the, of the conversation, just to loop back to something from way back. Um, Austin, what was it like to be coached by your dad? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just like like a to- totally off the wall question. I was like, I just know for a fact that if my dad tried to coach me in anything, I'd be like, screw you, dad. <laughs> just like, no comment. No, I'm joking. no comment. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. No, my, my dad was a great coach. I mean, he coached me and my brother also. He started coaching me and Adam, which is like the lowest level. Mm-hmm. So he really taught me everything till I moved up and now coaching. Now I mean, he, he definitely was a little harder on me than everybody else. Oh, man. Can you agree? True, true. <laughs> Um, no, but honestly, it, uh, it, it made me and my brother know one better people. So, um, I'm thankful that he coached me and have all of my other coaches too. I mean, uh, my dad's coached me all the way up till I got to midget and then pretty much stopped. And 
and uh, he he was my best coach. Never, you never blurred blurred the line between like coach and dad being like, uh, oh, Yo, you know, your your room is messy, so you're not you're not getting played today. You're like, what? I was harder on both of them than it was a lot of other kids for sure. You know, that's the way it is at work too. When I'm, you know, the guys help me out at work, I'm I'm a, I'm a dick to them sometimes. You know what I mean? I know that, but I expect them to be a hundred times better than any staff member I have, and that's just the way I am. That's why I was brought up too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, step up. Especially if you're family, you know that's the way it is. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you, you I think, can't you can't see it. We're on video chat, listener. But uh, but Austin is making uh, he's shaking his head. He's just he's just he's just <laughs> saying this for the PR. That's he's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, fuck that. I'm I'm tearing up over here. This is beautiful. Um, <laughs> as, as someone who who's known you guys both for a, a long time, it's uh, I couldn't be happier that you're both. You guys are surviving this at the very least, and uh, no one deserves the good things more than you do, Jim, in terms of what you mean for, like I said, the, the community in the West Island. I wanted to ask you something before we get into our, our last segment there. Uh, I ride for Cody. Yeah. Uh, you got that. You snuck that in under the wire before the, the lockdowns, the second lockdown. Yeah. Um, all I, all I, all I know about this is that uh, somebody. Uh, bike on a unicycle no from one wheel a one wheel yeah one wheel it's a, it's a big way type thing it's like a snowboard with a big one giant wheel in the middle uh, it's and it's electronic it's like a segue where he balances on es and he basically snowboards skateboards across canada on a one wheel it's one big wheel in the middle pretty cool those are and, those are i i i I looked at those. I, I just bought an. I, I, as listeners know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I bought an electric skateboard, and I was just just in general bought a longboard with a motor on it. But I was looking at the one wheels, and one of the things that's super cool about those, I don't. We'll get more into Cody, but is that yeah. you don't necessarily. They're pretty. All terrain might be a bit of a stretch, but they can go over they grass are. and stuff. Like oh, yeah. it, like it, like they can't necessarily go through mud and whatever, but like water, grass, uneven terrain, they those things can just cruise over. So that's. It's hell of a weird vehicle. So go well, across Jim, I, I, before we, uh, I have a great marketing idea for the Cunningham's team. Oh. When we're back allowed in restaurants, Chris Vendito has to go the uh, up up from Cunningham's to Annie's on the one wheel, <laughs> <laughs> and people could put down bets on this. We could give half it. the charity. And half to like the, the staff at both venues. And like, not, no, wait, wait, it, you need to have a little bit of it needs to be set aside for the medical bill. Yeah. Goes, no, 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 we have free health. We have free health care. Uh, that's true. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, for Frogger, you guys too young for Frogger. I know Frogger for sure. Okay, Frogger, Chris, that have you on one wheel going across Main Street trying to do all the cars and the traffic and stuff. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And we, we, we get we get the city of St. Anne's on board. They match yeah. the donations and it's a it's a great time had by all. Uh, <laughs> I think and, 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 and everyone there gets one wing each. It's like taking twelve anyways. but what what was I write for Cody and uh why was that important to you guys to to literally in the middle in the middle of, of stressful times take time out of your days to to, to worry about that? Well, you know, about a, um, two and a half months ago, an old waiter of ours, John Schreier, he was a waiter and a singer-musician who played at Cunningham's, uh, good friends with the Bouchard family. Well, first of all, Cody Bouchard was Austin and Nolan's uh, best friend growing up, my best friend's son, and he passed away last February, in February of this year, uh, from cancer at uh, 19 years old. So he's a really close, I coached him 
family best friend, my best friend's kid, uh, my wife's best friend, and uh, unfortunately passed away. About two months ago, an old friend of ours, John Schreier, who's a musician and a waiter at Cunningham's, came up and said, listen, I got to do something with a family. I bought this one wheel. I freaking love this. It's changing my life, he said. Uh, it's just doing something where I want to I wanna one wheel across Canada. I'm going to do it, and I want to raise awareness for Cody. Well, that's about a, about a month and a half before the actual start. I said, well, Johnny, you know, you can't just one wheel across Canada. That's, you know, you're talking 4,700 from Montreal to Whistler. Cody was born in Whistler, so he wanted to go to Whistler and, and make it from Montreal to Whistler. Long story short, we got everybody on board, started getting it going. McDonald's got on board. Bridget Rentals got on board. We got very big corporate sponsors on board to, to buy a truck and a camper. So Mitch, this Jonathan guy, could, could accompany them across Canada. John got on the board. He has three one-wheels, and he went from Montreal to Whistler across Canada in 30 days. And our goal was to raise $30,000 in 30 days, and we raised $44,000 in 30 days. Wow. Uh, congratulations, though. Like, that's awesome. It was just, uh, so Austin, myself, uh, Nolan, my wife, and the Bouchard family flew out to Whistler to meet John. I was riding into Whistler town, and uh, that was an experience myself. People. Not just not just not to make light of what you just said, but also because Whistler's just Whistler's just a stunning place to, to be oh. at. So oh, seriously, yeah. If yeah, you're gonna social distance anywhere, Whistler's not. Whistler's uh, the not, you could you could do worse than Whistler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's really amazing. Forty, you raised forty two thousand. You said. Yeah, it's forty four thousand. After all of that and everything done, we're at forty thousand one hundred dollars clear that goes to charity. You know. Well, the great thing was, Chris, is that when, when the truck went out, we had to drive the truck back. So Jonathan and Mitch flew back, and me and Dave, my buddy, Cody's father, got in the truck, and we drove across Canada in the truck. We drove the truck back home, me and Dave. And we spent four days in Calgary and B.C. The scenes were just stupendous. Uh, I've never seen anything more ex- exceptional in my life. And then we spent three days just flying across the prairies in Ontario to get home, you know? But, <laughs> but, uh, the trick, I mean, well, no, no, I was going to say the trick is, so we did, we, uh, we, my family did the drive, uh, like East coast all the way to the West coast and, and back again. But the, we basically did that. You can't, couldn't do it now because the border's closed, but it's like after Calgary, it's just like go South down into the States and yeah. then driving across the, like, like the Dakotas and stuff like, like yeah. usually like flyover States, but they're gorgeous to drive through. Like again, scenery and stuff is right. amazing and it's much a much kind of nicer vibe in those south, like those northern states than it yep. is across you know saskatchewan manitoba and northern ontario <laughs> like that's nothing, none of I that you were gonna, i thought you were gonna say northern florida for a second i was like yeah buddy <laughs> northern florida yeah you know coming out of the mountains you're right it, it, you know if i would i would tell everybody to go this way go montreal that way to yeah. see it you come out of the most freaking mountains you get to the prairies they're still beautiful like they're still awe-inspiring to see you know, the weed blowing and the hay blowing. And, you know, it, it's so nice. Yeah, but, but it gets it, old. It's seven, <laughs> like, once you see a 7,000-foot mountain with a drop right beside you, it's kind of... <laughs> that's like, enough. It's like, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. This is not... Well, we, we don't uh, have this in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife and I, we went out, we did, uh, we went camping, uh, camping in Banff area. Like, we rented a car and brought our camping equipment, flew, like, flew to Calgary and went up off driving through yeah. Banff National Park and stuff. And yeah. she she had never been, never seen the Rockies and stuff. But it's crazy that, like you said, like you come out, like Banff is right there sort of on the, I guess, eastern border of the Rockies. Yeah. So you can drive from Banff uh, to some, some where we did to go see the, the dinosaur stuff, like to Drumheller. But yeah. like when you hit Drumheller, it's basically like prairies. 
Yeah. And it's crazy that that's about like a three hour drive yeah. where you're like in the heart of like the Rockies, it feels like mountains everywhere. And then all of a sudden you're just sort of like plains as far as you can see, like yeah. you can barely see the horizon. You're like, wait, we only drove three hours. We could be like on a different <laughs> well, planet right this, now. This goes to prove your point. I was in Canmore having a beer with a buddy and we get in the car and my buddy Dave drove the truck. He's okay, let's go. So I was on the phone. I had to do some work. Kind of hands. So I'm on the phone. I'm down late to do some work. And he goes, look up. And I know where to lie. I look up. I'm like, where are the mountains? Because Canmore is about, a, you know, it's an hour and a half from Banff. And you, yeah. within, within, I'd say, an hour, not even on my phone, you go from 6,000-foot cliffs to nothing. Yeah. You're it's flat. Really funny. <laughs> really yeah, no, that's fun. Hey, this is a lesson to all Canadians. Uh, visit your country. It's yeah. very nice. Um, it's Whether it's the, uh, you know, the Maritimes or out west, it is well, very visiting nice. Visiting the Maritimes is, is they're still in the Atlantic bubble, so we can't. Uh, yeah, can't yeah they don't want to even hear us. Canada. They don't even answer the phone from Quebec right now. They think they're going <laughs> to transmit it through the phone. <laughs> um, we're going to do five questions, Keith? Yeah. Do you, do you remember them? Do you want me to send I them? I have them. I have them. Hey, hey what a pro. Uh, we do this uh, totally original segment that no other podcast does, where we why end why the show. you always have to why you got to say it that way? It's a fun segue, <laughs> um, where we uh, ask our guests five questions. So w- the way it works is we have three regular questions, we have a fourth question that's from our last guest, and a fifth question that is your decision. So yeah, the fifth question is what question do you want to ask of ask a future guest? Yeah. yeah, that's why he's the boss. <laughs> Keith, want to go number one? Uh, number one is what do your thoughts sound like? Start oh, with God. Austin. Yeah, yeah, we'll start with Austin. <laughs> How do I even answer that? <laughs> Whatever comes to your mind. So like, like, I mean, some people have said that they're eternal uh, monologue. Some people have said that it's like shapes and images. Some people say it's like rattling through a list. Oh, like, no, me, me is a constant monologue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Try, in, internal monologues and stuff? Internal like, monologue, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Austin's something of an actor as well, so. There you go. Yeah. He's very, he's very connected with his inner self. Do you ever exactly. do you ever speak that monologue out out loud to yourself when you're like uh when you're when you're alone? I actually, yeah, I actually do at work. I, I talk to myself quite frequently at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were together, it would be a lot of talking at the ping pong table to yourself. <laughs> oh, don't start talking about that. <laughs> I don't know how I how what? <laughs> I was like, how can I just leave that lying there? What, what <laughs> I beat Chris about? every lunchtime at ping pong. Every lunchtime at ping pong. I think that's why I got fired because of my poor ping pong record <laughs> at traffic tech. <laughs> probably not the reason uh, uh jim you know i'm a constant uh barraging of thoughts and sounds but you know what you know, you know what i can best explain it is like a 80s hip-hop music in my head i you know like nice. it's i hear the beats and fun stuff and i try to stay positive you know the minute you start thinking too much you just think of an 80s hip-hop song and you're happy that that's basically <laughs> what i do <laughs> you have a favorite a favorite uh favorite gem <laughs> you know the early 90s late 80s early 90s uh you know, funky cool Medina, you know the old stuff you know <laughs> tone, tone loke and maestro fresh west and uh... exactly. <laughs> yeah. this is all chinese to me i don't know nothing about it. you don't know the old school <laughs> hip-hop come on now i was born in 1990 keith and i watched sports <laughs> so 
uh, question number two. Uh, we'll start with Jim. What was your favorite thing to eat as a child? Oh, my mom. I love my mom's stuff. You know what? Uh, my favorite thing as a child probably my mom's spaghetti sauce growing up. She made the best spaghetti sauce ever. And her beets. As many Austin, moms do. Beets. Yeah, Austin, Austin will vouch for her beets. She made great beets and, and great spaghetti sauce. Beets is a new one. We've we, oh. we've heard spaghetti sauce. We've never heard beets. And I want to <laughs> ask you, what was yeah, special he, about Mama's beets? Yeah. Just perfect vinegar water ratio with the salt. None of the stupid cloves. And people put all this pickling spice in beets. Now it's horrible. Simple vinegar, salt, water. In Austin, just last week, so we're gonna, they're almost ready in a week. So we're going to see what that tastes like. Nice. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So, so to clarify, they are pickled beets we're talking about. Pickle, like. Vinegar, water. That's it. Austin, I like it. Me would probably be my mom's uh, pasta sauce and homemade garlic bread. And aside from that, my dad always took me downtown to Chinatown to uh, eat faux box, some good pho. Yeah, so, nice. Uh, I could go for a good bowl of pho every now and then, so I'd probably say that. Again, not to keep stalking you, but you guys just made your dad some pho, didn't you? Oh yeah, it was good. Uh, we made it. It looked great. It looked pretty good. I thought. I thought. Is this on? Is this on the Cunningham's menu now? Is something that we can order? <laughs> no. There's a lot of ingredients in there. <laughs> it takes about 11 hours to boil as well, so it's a long process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, it, blows, uh, it, it blows my mind that that's, that's absolutely one of my uh, like wintertime comfort foods is like a big bowl of pho, like for yeah. sure. And, and just every time I order it and the amount that you get, for usually not that much money, and then the amount of stuff that's in there, I'm like, just like the profit margins don't make any sense to me on, <laughs> on, on how on how these places just like, I guess. Just, you know, protein. You only get one ounce of protein. You only get one ounce of ice meat. The rest true. is on bean sprouts. You know what I mean? So it's and water. Yeah, still delicious. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Uh, gem number three there, uh, Keith. Oh, I was gonna let you do it. I don't have because I have, have, uh, I, have uh, I have James' question in front of okay, me. Okay, what's number three? Tell me number three so I can ask it. <laughs> <laughs> Very professional. Uh, what's Wait, the, no. the best or worst thing about growing up? Yeah, 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 sir. All right, Austin, what was the best or worst thing about growing up? Best thing, uh, going back to football, I'd probably say best thing is is football. Uh, just, I mean, playing from so young to to pretty much up to midget and now coaching. That's where I met the majority of my friends and. It's it's good that we stuck together, and if I have to say the worst thing, it'd probably be stop playing football. But I'm thankful that I'm still coaching. It's just I want to get back on the field. You know, every old football player does. So yeah. it'd definitely be playing football is the best. Stopping to play football is the worst. Sean, <laughs> uh, we had Sean Campbell on a couple weeks ago, and he said that he's convinced that he could still kick a he could become a CFL kicker. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he said if, if things if things didn't pan out well at yeah. TSN, he was like wow. he was it was a wow. flex. He was very sure of himself. So <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, do you also feel like you could uh, take someone's job in the uh, hopeful CFL return and become <laughs> a CFL kick? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll stick to coaching bantam football. <laughs> right. You could have said a coaching job. You could have been like, I'll coach one of the Rough Riders. I don't know which one. Hey, da <laughs> Danny Machocha. Was a fucking uh, sandwich maker in the East End, and now he's the president of the fucking Montreal Wets. Follow your dreams, kids. <laughs> they called him Machooch. Anyways, um, Jim, uh, what was the best or worst thing about growing up? I think I've grown up yet. Tell you the truth. 
honestly, I enjoy my life. I, you know, growing up in Lachute, I grew up in the country with a bunch of good friends in high school, a really small high school in Lachute, Laurentian Regional. I love that. That was fantastic. But honestly, God, I, I, I still feel like I'm 16 years old. I uh, enjoy life every day. And, uh, you know, the worst thing growing up, I, I really honestly don't know. I'd say they're pretty positive. Like, uh, you know, best thing in life happened to my kids and my family and my wife. That's the best thing, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm waiting to grow up. I'm waiting to, like, <laughs> until I hit that age where I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to be an old person. Uh, I hope you never do. Thanks, man. Thanks. I hope you never do. I like this gym. <laughs> Go ahead, Keith. Uh, so our last uh, guest was James McGee, who's a Montreal improv uh, guy, also a professional wrestler, wrestles uh, with Battle War. Um, and he wanted to know, this is a bit of a head-scratcher, if you could be one existing soda, what would you be? Now, for context on this question, I answered... I would be Diet Pepsi because Diet Pepsi would be in the corner smoking a cigarette talking about the old years. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, well, if you see it through that lens, you could pick your soda. Uh, ah, jeez. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking genius. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, what about like a sarsaparilla? You know, in the old country western movies? Oh. Up to the and says, give me a sarsaparilla. What is, yeah. what is, what is a sarsaparilla? I think it was uh, what Frisco was eventually became. It's like a lemon seltzer with no alcohol. I'm pretty like sure. A... Well, For some reason, that... I always thought it was like a spruce beer. I'd say orange crush. Orange, orange crush. crush. Super Why's bright. That? Super yeah. bright. Tastes good. Feels like you're eating a fresh orange. <laughs> no, uh, you doing PR for Orange Crush now? Real, real sugary fresh orange. I don't know what oranges you've been eating. <laughs> like, just pour a packet of sugar on an orange. The worst is the knockoff Orange Crush you get at Super C, or it's even more sweet. And it's like, why? Why is this a thing? But cheers. Yes. Yeah. Um, Apparently, sarsaparilla is similar to root beer in flavor, and it's made God. from. Oh wow, uh, it was way off. Yeah, yeah, it's it's made from smilax or nata, which is like a vine, uh, a prickly vine leaf, and some other plants. Perfect. Like that, that's like the OG, like sarsaparilla, and uh, known as sarsi. And there's a sarsi brand, but yeah, the flavor is apparently like the closest thing is like root beer esque. There you go. I love root beer, so there you go. Boom. Crazy. Uh, Keith, are we going to do two questions? Uh, one from each of Austin and Jim, or are they coming? Unless up they can one agree question? on one, I'm good. I'm good to whatever. If you guys, if you guys can agree to a, a joint question, or if you want a two-part question, if you want mm. one of you to ask a question, the other one follows up. However, you guys want to do it. I feel. Yeah, you're the boss this year. What about what about something like what would you consider your your uh, what would you consider your breathtaking moment in life? Like what would you consider your your oh my god moment in your life if you ask your next guest that's a good one oh that is a good one what would you consider your oh my okay can you expect like so is this like your greatest achievement or is this your what would you what would be your oh my god moment in your life of now you know it could be whatever you think could be you know if you're unfortunately if someone passes away it could be you you won something and just something that's oh my god i have have an example okay i have an example like uh we went to whistler recently you know and Two, two parts in Whistler. One was we took ATVs all the way up the mountain and sat at the peak there and just saw waterfalls coming from the mountain and 
it was super sunny and nice. That was just like a wow, you know? And second is when John pulled into Whistler with the mountains in back and everyone cheering him on. That was also like a wow, you yeah. know? Could be a man. Could, could be yes. positive, negative, could be all, uh, yeah. could be. I think like, there's, I'm like thinking on my, is so I guess it's like a moment slash like an afternoon that uh, like kind of blended into the into all one. Um, <clears throat> I went to Taiwan with my then girlfriend uh, and we went there's I forget the Chishing Mountain, I want to say. Uh, it's like Let's a, just assume that's what it was. It's it's <laughs> a it's like a um, it's like a couple thousand foot mountain. It's like because like the northern area of Taiwan is mountainous. We did a mountain hike uh, all the way up to the peak above the clouds like to the point where you saw like we saw like a thunderstorm happen beneath us and saw lightning wow. shooting away from us wow. which is like the weirdest thing that you could really imagine and then uh went down the mountain and then checked into a hotel and i proposed to her and she said yes nice. so that's like that's kind, kind of like it's, the, it's the, his the, ex-girlfriend a <laughs> current wife sarah know about this hey. oh, current wife. <laughs> But yeah, that, that 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 like set of like six hours was just like just every possible kind of like experience. And like you're on the other side of the world and you're climbing this mountain and you're seeing crazy stuff. And then you ask the woman you love to marry you. And she says, yes, wow, that was nice. that was a because when you said, oh, my God, moment at first, I was thinking of like WWE when like Jim Ross is like, oh, my God. And that's just like that's just get people getting thrown through tables. That's Bo Shaw's music. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh no, it could be a good one." <laughs> like just, I was like, "I never got picked up and smashed through a table by the Undertaker." So, uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Four yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you guys, Austin and Keith's answers were so beautiful and graceful. Uh, the ego in me wants to be like, "Oh, the first time I did soda," but I'm not gonna do that. Um. I've been very fortunate the last couple of years to see a number of my close friends become fathers and parents, excuse me. And it's been, as somebody who, you know, is Italian and lives at home with his mother, <laughs> it has been um, quite humbling to, to watch like some of my best friends go through, become fathers and mothers. And uh, I mean, Chris Doran, who, who, you know, like becoming a father and obviously Keith Walter and Reese and, and Catherine and, and Kate. Um, there's such a change that happens when people become parents and it's so, it's so much fun to see. And it's, it's for me that that's, that's to, to keep with the theme here. That'd be my wow moment is, is watching your close friends become parents and realizing that you're definitely going to peak in your forties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we go, a couple things I wanted to plug for you guys because this show is called Go Plug Yourself. Uh, Jimbo, and Chris, Sun, where Chris, where Chris plugs that plugs you now. It's 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 Chris plugs you is the new show. It's a whole Love fucking it. new world, Keith. <laughs> uh, Jimbo and Sons Hot Pepper Oil. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, is that available? We order this. Yeah, it's available. Bash, they also have huge batches time. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to come buy a couple because Keith uh, and his wife do like the hot pepper oil, and and my family does as well. And you mentioned this during the show, but you're also selling your your wing sauces. From what I can see online, not so mild honey garlic and the ranch dressing that you guys make yourself. 
That's right. We make it all ourselves. We've got some bottles, got some labels, bottling up and labeling up. So people are asking for that from quite a while now. You know, when you're running a restaurant, you don't really have much time to do it. Now you got to find, think outside the box, right? We're going to start doing more and more sauces. We're going to have a, we're also going to have a Christmas gift pack that's going to be available. I just said uh, probably mid November. So, you know, buy local. Cunning- local, local. Cunninghamspub.com for all further information. Right? What 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 or, is your delivery radius? Just because most of our listeners are are from Montreal, I know we have some in the West Island, obviously. But what's the what's the delivery radius that we're that we're talking about here? Well, Uber and DoorDash go you know go all the way from let's say uh, well let's say West they go all the way out to to Saint Clet Saint Lazare sometimes. Okay. Go up to you know Uber has gone up to um, Dorval. Mm-hmm. Uber. And- Actually, our Cunningham's delivery, we try and stay within a uh, you know, 10, 12 kilometer round. So we try and get as much out as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, someone has, you know, what we always said is someone has like tonight, my buddy had a big order in uh, San Lazar and, and I got Austin to help me out and we delivered it out there personally. So someone wants to do something like buy a bunch of wings and have family. Yeah, you know, if it's like a catering size order or something. You no can problem. make it work. <laughs> yeah. make it work. Hey, I might, uh, I'm out of quarantine as of Friday. So I'm going to yeah. come see you guys on Sunday. You guys are open yeah. Sunday? Yeah. For some takeout, yeah. buy some wings for the football. Beautiful. Want to support yes, the support the crew, support the fam, Thanks, and uh, and maybe get one of the a couple of those hot pepper oils for me and Keith. Yeah. Well, uh, sure. but uh, CunninghamsPub.com, Jim Bosha on Twitter, Austin Bosha on tw- uh, sorry on Facebook, and on and Austin Bosha on Facebook. Um, look them up, support them. It's a, a great community um, restaurant, and we hope uh, we hope for nothing but better days in the future for you guys. Yeah, I think as a as Thanks, a man. as a as a broad broad message, obviously if you're out in the West Island, support Cunningham's. But like what Austin said earlier too, just to support local yeah. local businesses, right? If you're if you do have the money sitting around and you want to do a, a delivery dinner, maybe maybe order from somewhere local. Maybe just try that <laughs> instead of a chain or whatever, because. Yeah. I mean, like everybody's in it for the long haul, and uh, yeah, all the places that are like make your neighborhood or your part of town cool need your help. So I yeah. guess Domino's will still be there tomorrow. Yeah, the uh, Pizza Hut will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool guys. Uh, thanks a lot, man. That was awesome. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, boys. Hold on. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.